Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And welcome everyone to a very special edition of our MotorWeek podcast. This is podcast number 100. Woo-hoo. We have reached the century mark. Thank you, Alec Webb, who all has introduced every one of our podcasts. And because this is a very special podcast, we have a very special group of people around our table today and <laughs> online here at Studio C at MotorWeek Central. We have our road test producer, Ben Davis, Hello. who's probably Probably been on more podcasts than anyone except myself. Assistant producer Greg Carlos. Hey there. Our writer, producer, two wheeling reporter Brian Robinson. Uh, I can't possibly conf- can, uh, convey just Duh. how happy Duh. I am to be here. You both spit it, it out twice. <laughs> our, our writer, Patrick Lucas. Hello. Who also serves as our podcast producer. Now, special post production editor and podcast creator Bob Mixter has joined us today. Hey, how you doing? And he's not used to being on this side of the microphone, but very, very special, our very special guest today on the phone, our former public relations manager, podcast producer, Michelle Parker. Michelle. Well, thank you for letting me finally join you at the table. I had to sit ringing that bell for, what, six, seven years? Oh, come on now. You you didn't always want to participate. You were very happy sitting over in the corner. You did join us on one. Oh, the truth comes out. Now, Mr. Robinson's got a correct you on yeah, something. You did join us on one podcast, remember? Uh, you are correct, sir. Boy, yeah. he has a good memory, doesn't he? But it's the bell that Michelle is most noted for <laughs> and bringing that concept to the show. Look, we're going to be talking with Michelle and Bob about the origins of our podcast, what it talked to actually get them online. And it wasn't as simple as you think. All things Motor Week are up for grabs today, and we are actually going to talk a cup, just a couple of moments at the end about two of the latest vehicles we've been testing. We're fresh back from drives with the new uh, Lexus NX and also the Porsche Macan, so we'll cover those too. But let's start off with, gosh, Michelle and, and Bob, why don't you kind of talk about uh, how this the podcast started? Because when we started, and Bob, you can fill us in on what was the date? September 3rd, 2008. Step up to the microphone yeah. there, Bob. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. September, September 3rd, 3rd 2008. 2008. Michelle, yeah. do you agree with that? I agree. I was looking on the website earlier today because I couldn't, it didn't seem like it was that long ago, but, but apparently it was. And it was really Bob who was a real fan of podcasts and, and listen to them and said, hey, why don't, why don't we try to do this? These guys, all they talk about are cars. Why not put some microphones in front of them and they'll be able to speak um, more freely and more uh, at length, I guess, than you could talk about in like a three or four minute piece that actually airs on the TV show. So I think, you know, Bob really was the one, the force behind all this, I would say. Bob, why did you think we should do it? I was used to listening to podcasts, mostly technical podcasts, uh, a lot of good information, uh, kind of get to know the people that are in the podcast. Um, and I just figured the MotorWeek fans, they'd want to hear more information on cars. You tell, tell us both, you two, about what it was like to kind of sell the idea. Do you remember? Was it a hard sell? I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, now when it's been so successful, it's easy to say, gee, why didn't we do this before? I mean, that was six years ago almost. Michelle reminded me that, um, John, you were probably the most enthusiastic. Let's just I say, thought it was a great idea that not, you guys not came up with. Not everybody wanted to be that enthusiastic about why? it. Why? I don't know. Just something different. 
You know, one of the things that's that has always been true for the 33 years Motor Week's been on the air is that a lot of the folks behind the camera don't want to get in front of the camera. And, of course, microphone's the same deal, I guess. Ben, you weren't very reluctant. You were pretty enthusiastic, as oh, I yeah, recall. I'm always on board. And some of the new people on the staff, like Patrick and Greg, you kind of grew up doing this kind of stuff just, you know, in high school and college, right? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, podcasts are nothing new to me. I've listened to a few in my time, and I enjoy it. Great. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I grew up doing them, but uh, I definitely, when I started interning and working here, I was always around them, and it seemed like a fun time. You guys made it seem fun, so, you know, I wanted to be a part of it, and luckily I am. With with every podcast, though, and with everything we do, there has to be one person who has a memory for everything, and I'm sitting next to him today, Ooh, and that's Brian <laughs> Robinson. I've never met anybody that can hold as much information that we've passed through our offices in one way or the all? other. It's I don't know. You know the only I, thing he holds that uh, he holds grudges pretty long. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's a blessing and a curse. I was probably one of the least enthusiastic about doing it just for the fact that I don't even like hearing myself talk. I can't imagine <laughs> anyone else would enjoy it. So I think Brian was like the breakout star of the Ooh, podcast. I agree. Yeah, yeah, he, he filled in a few times yeah. for you. And he was great. He took it and ran with it. He got a nice. He's got a great sense of humor, uh, coupled with all the information that he knows about cars, which is vast. <laughs> you guys are making me blush. Yeah, he, he fakes it pretty well. But <laughs> yeah, when I'm not here, I have no fear that there's plenty of people to they can sit in my chair. And Brian has, has done it. And who else has uh, been a, a well, substitute should host? Should we talk about Brian Roberts and his reluctance? <laughs> well, he's yeah, in the studio, right in there. Yeah, Brian so. Roberts, uh, who he is. Guest appearance for the Detroit Auto Show every year. So. Yes, he does, and he was on. I was reminded he was on the very first podcast. Uh, Brian, uh, for those of you that uh, don't always connect the voices with the uh, face, is one of our senior executive producers, and he's downstairs uh, running the ship today. But we couldn't quite pull him up to the studio. He, he, Michelle, I don't know. He he did it for you, but he's not always <laughs> agreeable. Otherwise, oh, you offer him the best car that you have. Maybe you can. <laughs> The Bugatti or something. Chances Maybe are he's already got yeah, it. Right. <laughs> right. There's nothing, right? There's nothing you could offer him. Michelle, now that you have been gone from us for a while, uh, off to pursue other pursuits, do you miss the Motor Week lifestyle that you came in? I mean, motor people don't realize that Michelle basically was able to kind of hold this ship together for quite a few years. She was uh, not only our public uh, affairs and public relations manager, but a lot more she inspired us, along with Bob, just to try new things. And I'm wondering, do you miss us? You know, what oh, do you miss sure. about being here? Yeah, no, no, I do, I do. I miss the TV world, actually. I had come, I've kind of been back and forth in and out of TV and public relations, and uh, I'm not currently working for a TV station and that, it's just a wonderful environment in terms of creativity and trying new things and new ideas and you know people have great outsized personalities and you you really get to do I got to do a lot of stuff with you guys that I probably won't have the opportunity to do in the future running that sweepstakes that was a lot of fun and I know you guys had a good time going out to Vegas Vegas and fast cars what could be better you know doing podcasts uh, the website and kind of dabbing into uh, dabbling in social media and yeah I mean I got to do a lot of wonderful stuff with a great group of people so I definitely miss it. Well we miss you too it goes without saying Bob I'm going to put you on a spot Bob 
is a jack of all trades when it comes to our show. He actually is the editor that assembles every one of our TV shows every week, both for public television and for Velocity. And Bob, how long have you worked on our program? Back in the early 80s. Wow, that long. Yeah, went out in the field on some of the road tests. Yeah. So you've actually been associated with MotorWeek probably longer than most everybody else on the current staff, with mm-hmm. very few exceptions. Yeah. Why did you stay so long, Bob? What was it? <laughs> what is it that keeps you keeps you coming back for more? Back. You know, yeah, we I'm keep beating you up, and yeah. <laughs> you keep coming back for more. This is John Davis asking you the question. <laughs> that's that's right. Right. Yeah, but I'm not his direct supervisor, so he can be well, that's honest. True. It is a good bunch of folks, and and the show is great. Um, I've had some fun memories uh, in the field, some crazy memories, and uh, you want to share any of those? Um, Besides the fact you're pulling your hair out at the last minute because something isn't quite right. Yeah, that happens more often now than it did back in the... Um, I can remember uh, going to uh, Summit Point on a on a road trip. The racetrack. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we were at one end of the track, and uh, they were giving up people to get back to the beginning. And John said, here, you can come with me. And we got in a Ford Mustang. And I think we hit the first turn faster than I've ever, as a passenger, been in a car. I was probably still trying to buckle up when he hit the turret. I will remember I actually that. drove that fast? That's amazing. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't that fast. Well, but it, it seemed like, seemed it, like it, yeah. it was at the time. But, Say, Michelle, do you have any memory of when you were with us that really sticks out? Well, <clears throat> I would say that, that every uh, February to the uh, Chicago uh, Auto Show <laughs> was a lot of fun, a lot of work. Um, and we, as you know, expanded into when the, the auto show uh, dedicated one day to social media, where we invited all right. the MotorWeek fans in the Chicago area to join us and, and got a great reception. And I know they were always so thrilled and amazed to be walking around the Chicago auto show with John Davis. I uh-huh. mean, they were just, just so beside themselves. Oh, uh, yes. That was, that was always just just shows you how much time. they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that was another innovation that uh, you helped uh, bring along because it, the, uh, the Chicago Auto Show was actually the first of the major auto shows to embrace the social media, and they set aside this special social media day. And the manufacturers were encouraged to do something with their followers. And I remember coming to you and saying, you know, there's this extra day. Uh, we're going to be there anyway. What should we do with it? Because, Michelle, po- people probably aren't too surprised to hear that an old dog like me was kind of drug kicking and screaming into the social media days. And Michelle was the uh, impetus behind that. They really got us uh, on Facebook and so forth and got out there to, to, to talk with the new generation of uh, viewers and listeners. Um, so it was a, it was a pretty interesting time when you were uh, with us. You were very innovative. Oh, well, thank you, but you should give yourself more credit. I mean, really you, you always are open to the idea of, of new things, uh, um, even if <laughs> I don't always completely we're gonna, understand. We're going to pat <laughs> each other on the back here. <laughs> hey, um, you know, talking about traveling Chicago to Chicago, it is interesting that you go to Chicago and Detroit during the worst winters, worst right. times of the, of the year. 
But sitting around the table are the real-world travelers uh, of the show that go off on these automotive previews, which can be anywhere from down the road in the Washington, D.C. area to halfway around the globe. Let me kind of go around the table. Ben, where's the most interesting place or unusual place you've ever gone to test a car? Without a doubt, it was the... uh was Dubai with the McLaren nice. SLR, or the, it was a Mercedes SLR 722 edition, and we were up in the mountains of Dubai, and and uh, it got pretty sketchy up there. Talk, talk, <laughs> tell us about tell us about the the military uh, confrontation that that's you what, had. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm riding in the car and I'm twisting around these mountains, and all of a sudden there's a uh, looked like an armored car. It looked like a tank, but it had wheels. And um, people with uh, automatic weapons all over the thing and a 50-millimeter turret on top that started tracking me as I'm winding around the turn. <laughs> and you're the in turn. a McLaren? Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, I was on the gas just getting out of there at that point. It's more scared than I've ever been in my whole life. I thought I was going to get shot. But later I found out that... Um, that they were just training, and when they see fast-moving objects like that, they usually track them with their guns and stuff just to keep in practice. <laughs> you know, back in the days when we used to go to the Chrysler Proving Ground in Chelsea, Michigan every year, Chrysler at that time still was involved with building the Abrams tank. And there was a particular course that they would let us use, and the tanks would sit up practicing the, exactly the same thing, uh, checking their range finders and tracking mechanisms. So you would see this turret and canyon uh following you around the racetrack it's it's not a real <laughs> cool experience greg most interesting place you've traveled with us in your relatively short time with motor yeah i don't think it was crazy interesting but for me the best one was probably germany just the fact that i got to go drive on the autobahn which is i mean every car guy's dream is to be able to just unleash whatever you're driving and luckily i was in a mercedes so uh was i in like a uh, e E550 or something like that. Yeah, so it was fun, man. It was uh, it's cool seeing those signs. They're just like, hey, have at it, and you know. Do you every, remember how fast you went? I was at I guess roughly 135, 140 miles per hour. That's not kilometers. So per you hour. were over 200 clicks. Yeah. Oh yeah, well over. Um, but yeah, there was. I got lucky enough because there is a lot of traffic on that road, believe it or not. Because they got it's got to be a really pristine road yep. to be able to drive it that fast. Um, so. I was lucky enough to get a, a few spots where I could let it go, and yeah, I was I was up there. It was it was cool. Patrick, how about you? You've um, been a, a few places for this show. I, I have to say, even this summer, I've barely seen anybody around the yeah. office because you've been traveling so much. Um, I was I was lucky enough to get the uh, Subaru trip to Iceland, uh-huh. um, and that cool. was a pretty uh, interesting experience, just because I never thought in my entire lifetime I would go to Iceland. Just never crossed my mind of places to go, but. Um, that was in November, and they had a really bad storm when right when we got there, and so we were out up uh, probably about three or four, three or four hours from Reykjavik, in like just basically in like the heart of the island. Um, really bad snowstorm, uh, like eighty mile per hour wind gusts, <laughs> stuff like that. And we were testing the XV Crosstrek hybrid, so we didn't get to test at all what the fuel economy was like we're just trying to get through <laughs> just the run, you know, just survive. Yeah, and so yeah, we got stuck out there, and uh, we had. Uh, 
Land Rovers and Nissan Patrols all jacked up. They were guiding us. They got stuck. So they had to call this big tractor with, like, 50-inch wheels um, to come out there and replow the roads. That thing got stuck. Oh so, my. like, we were sitting there for, like, hours and hours and hours, and, like, the PR people, the, the guides, they're all like, uh, how we, I don't know how we're getting out of this thing. But finally, uh, the, the, the weather kind of broke, and we got out, and uh, it was definitely a lot of fun storytelling that night. That was an adventure. Yeah. Can you top that, Mr. Robinson? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> Um, I've been fortunate enough to be, you know, most of Western uh, Europe, which is always enjoyable. Probably the most memorable uh, was going to South Korea. Uh, I got a chance to go there and uh, go to the Hyundai Proving Grounds and uh, meet with a lot of their folks. And just the whole uh, Asian culture is is very interesting. The people are, are kind of fascinating, and I'd love to get back there on my own time at, at some point in time, but very memorable. What a lot of people don't don't know about our business is while we do travel a lot, often the turnarounds are pretty crazy. You generally arrive one day, test the vehicle, and then you're back on the plane, sometimes the second day, sometimes the third. I remember the uh, first time I got to go to China, it was for the Beijing Auto Show, or, or Shanghai Auto Show, actually. And I arrived, we went to the show the next day, and, you know, traveling all that distance, it took, I don't remember, 20 hours to get there, let's say, and 20 hours back or so. But I flew back with the same airline crew I flew over with. So they had been there just long enough to rest up so they could legally fly back. So as I'm getting on the plane, they said, we remember you. And it was all familiar faces. So to travel that far and stay basically less time on the ground than I did in the air going back there and back, which we've all done probably a number of times by now. Uh, so you you see the world, but you don't really see much outside of your hotel room or where you've got to go to, to try out the car. Uh, so when people ask us, do you really love to travel? I think we have to think twice before we always <laughs> respond. Michelle, you didn't get to travel too many places with the show, did you? I mean, Chicago, uh, well, and, <laughs> and Chicago that was about in it. February. <laughs> New York. What happened, John? Come on. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, it was Kind of an open invitation to, if you wanted to go, but it just didn't always work out. But before I let Bob and Michelle off the hook, the most memorable thing you can remember about your time with the show, uh, Michelle, I guess you already said something about uh, uh, the Chicago Auto Show, but I'll put you on the spot first. Anything else that pops into your head that uh, you really, when, you'll, when you're um, old and gray down the road many years from now, you'll be thinking about, about us and it'll be tops of your memory? Oh gosh, there, there are just so many things. I mean, the the night that you got your Emmy Award, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Keeps nice coming to, back to yeah, me, Michelle. I know. You're not but on you the payroll here's anymore. One, here's one <laughs> that was, uh, remember we ran the, the sweepstakes? Yes. Um, what, a year and a half ago? And, you know, you try to cover all your bases. And, and luckily in the end, our base was covered. But uh, Superstorm Sandy hit New York. Yep. Um, the day before we were, you know, a name was supposed to be pulled by our marketing company in New York City, and um, they were flooded, and they ended up being able to pull the name. But and it was, you know, in of course all the legal documents that an act of God covered, you know, your deadline for for pulling a name. But uh, I distinctly remember that as like, oh my gosh, I thought we thought of everything, and in the end we did. But um, that was that was a close call. That uh, was interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, I just have a lot of overall very just 
fond memories of, of everyone at, at MPT and you all in Motor Week and um, just just the great fun we had doing the Chicago Auto Show and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I remember you coming into my office that day and your eyes were the biggest I've ever seen. <laughs> Saying, oops, Bob, what about you? Is there anything uh, when you're uh, eventually put yourself out to pasture that you'll look back and remember us fondly of? That may be a long time in the future, longer than probably for me. I guess just a long history. The long history. You know, of being with Motor Week, uh, like I said, in the field. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I did audio, studio audio when you were yeah. raps in the studio. Well, that was a long that time ago. a long ago. time ago, too. Yeah. And then uh, back around 2000, I started uh, pitching the idea that you guys ought to come to the Avid and do some nonlinear yeah. editing. And uh, as I remember, that was also a little bit hesitant. It, it was. Bob is largely responsible for um, the, the show you see today is not only because of Bob's technical expertise, but because just like the podcast, he's always been a very forward thinker. And yeah, you were we. You had to drag us kicking and screaming into the digital age to some degree, uh, because we were used to editing a certain way and doing things a certain way, and it was very familiar. But you've also always been someone who likes efficiency, and you saw how we could cut down on the time. The the byproduct is is that Bob actually now probably fixes more things than he ever had to before because he gets the show and puts it together and he has the uh, expertise to find all the little flaws. So when you watch our show and think very kindly of us and note the high quality of the show, I think Bob, more than any other single person in this building, is responsible for that. So thank you, Bob. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, before we wrap up this uh, nostalgia trip, uh, let me go around the table. Where, you know, again, we're here. We've done 100 podcasts. Where does Motor Week go from here? If you were in my chair or one of the chairs downstairs that Brian or Dave Scrivener has, where would you take the show? Where do you want the show to be 10 years from now? You want to start? Still on the air. <laughs> Good call. Brian? Yeah, I think it's all about social media these days and interacting with uh, the people that spend their time, uh, you know, taking in your product. So I think as much as I may not be into it, I think the uh, whole uh, social media aspect will continue to grow for sure. Patrick, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree. Social media, the whole uh, Internet sphere, the, that whole side of it. Um, I just think there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how, because, um, I mean, that's a lot to think about, but sort of uh, different takes you can have, uh, different approaches you can take or bring to i guess what motor week does best which is you know reviewing with a certain voice so there's a lot of different ways a lot of new ways that um i would be very curious to see how we approach that benny yeah, i just think in the last couple of years we've scared up a whole bunch of different ways to get our message across so next 10 years i'd just be looking forward to each and every one of those years to try to find new ways to do it <laughs> greg any thoughts yeah, I mean, I really like what we're doing online right now. I think it would be cool to do some more online-only stuff. We kind of dabbled with it um, a couple months ago with that Around the Block segment that Benny and I did. Um, that was one of one of those things that we just had, you know, some spare time and thought, hey, this would be cool to get out there. So if we uh, if we worked that into a regular thing, I think that would be awesome because I think people enjoy that just as much as they enjoy podcasts, kind of casual talking about cars. 
Bob, technology-wise, anything you see coming down the future that we need to be prepared for? No, not, nothing. We're, the, we're almost there at the moment. We're, we're doing pretty well. Certainly we do more and more with smaller cameras yeah. instead of uh, absolutely. big yeah. cameras. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what we're doing with the copter and uh, the GoPro stuff and uh, the sliders. Just Michelle, really from the outside, you, you see TV probably still, you know, from a, a broader viewpoint than a lot of us do. Uh, if you were still with us, do you have any concept about where we should be? I mean, from uh, either a viewer standpoint or a fan well, I think you've, you've done a lot in terms of the past couple of years of uh, having the MotorWeek folks being involved, more involved in the actual pieces, you know, all your online first look pieces and cameras in the car. I think that was a huge step forward. And, you know, who knows where the next frontier is. Um, if we could could have predicted it, we would have all been very wealthy with Facebook. Yeah. But, um, yeah, wherever the next frontier of social media is, digital in terms of, like, I don't know, I love to do the binge-watching when I have a chance on, on Netflix. So it's all, you know, video on demand. I know that's still available, uh, you know, via the PBS right. website and, um, you know, expanding that because people like to just – just sit there and just watch it and watch more episodes at one time. What was the number we saw this morning? Uh, in June on Facebook, we had uh, almost uh, like 660, 600, yeah, almost two thirds of a million uh, hits, which was a record for us. So, and I know some people do a lot more than that, but that was. A big number for us, and we expect to keep that growing because, as you heard from all the comments, we're trying to do more and more things that are dedicated just for online viewing. And I, I agree with uh, that while TV is going to remain very relevant, that more and more people get their content online mm-hmm. through downloading. I think we can get over a million. That's, we need everybody else's help. Everybody listening, go <laughs> watch right. some videos on YouTube. <laughs> go to YouTube, especially now that we're putting up so much uh, exclusive content that these guys uh, are doing on their own when they, immediately when they get back from a press trip. Our aim is to have a video from the press trip online within uh, 48 hours uh, of the plane landing. And uh, so far they've been doing it. I applaud them for all that work. We are going to cover two very quickly cars that uh, just so if you've tuned in and want to know what's the latest stuff we're driving. So let's get to that really quickly. And, Michelle, I'm going to ask you to hold on just for a couple minutes so we can give you a proper goodbye. Ben, you're back from driving the new Lexus uh, crossover utility, the NX, the smallest Lexus crossover they've done yet. Yep. Give us some impressions. Well, it's definitely aggressive looking, which uh, it stands out among its competitors. You got X3, Q5, and things like that. Um, so standing out, it definitely does well. Um, not everybody likes it, but I think it's kind of aggressive and, and youthful. I must admit, they've toned it down from the show car. The, the LFNX, I thought, was Ugly. <laughs> it still looks like a stealth fight. It still looks like yeah. it should be in a video game, though. It's crazy. Um, jumping inside of it, it's pretty pretty tight inside. It's very cockpit-oriented. Um, two adults in the front. It's definitely snug, um, but it's well done. It's beautiful inside. Um, all the technology you could want. Um, on the Even on the F-Sport, F-Sport package, um, they don't joke around. It's super tight. It's uh, it's about as uh, tight riding as a Corvette, and it, it handles. It, it's the real deal. So if you want that aspect of it, it's there. And hybrid as well, you can take that. Uh, front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, I mean, it's it's a big-time contender. Uh, it would be interesting to see how it does against uh, some more established European choices, though. 
It's they say it's based on the Rav Four chassis, but it's totally different as far as yeah, tuning. It's, and it's almost entirely different. It shares yeah. the same wheelbase and uh, I think the same firewall and uh, one other one other aspect, but Four they definitely turbo. drive it home that it's uh, completely different to Rav. Yeah, uh, first time turbo engine for Lexus, a two liter turbo. Um, it, it it did a, it did a great job. I'd like to see that in uh, other things. I'd like to see uh, maybe an FRS or something. <laughs> now they they've got two all wheel drive systems. They have a regular mechanical one, and then if you want the hybrid, you get electric motors in back like the Highlander hybrid. Right. It's pretty wild. Um, it's it it's uh, it'll sense your yaw, or when the front wheels slip, it'll engage that motor in the back and drive the rear wheels. And aside from that, it's long for the ride, except for under heavy braking, it can capture regenerative energy, and energy that uh, that motor in the back. That's pretty cool. Patrick, turn to you for um, a vehicle that everybody really wants to know about because they've been talking about it for years, and that's mm-hmm. the new Porsche Macan. Uh, there's a lot to cover, so what do, what do you want to know about it? <laughs> Is it a, did it fulfill the Porsche uh, attitude uh, like the um, um, Cayenne? And what do you think? I, yes, definitely. Um, I know a lot of people, myself included, just thought, oh, it's Porsche's version of the Q5. But it's not. It, it's uh, not. shares mm-hmm. the wheelbase. Um, but I was asking the Porsche people, they said less than 30, less than 25% of it is shared parts. The mm-hmm. rest is all uh, Porsche developed. Um but yeah, very sporty. Um, of course, being Porsche, a ton of options. You can option way up. Um, the S, three hundred and forty horsepower. It's a three liter twin turbo V six. The turbo is a brand new three point six liter twin turbo V six, four hundred horsepower. Um, you know, it's not. It's definitely more, a lot more sport oriented than it is high end luxury. How do you think it compares to the X three or the Q five? Um, I was. What I like to compare it to is the sq5 mm-hmm. that's the closest thing in terms of performance numbers um it's a lot a lot more sporty um you can get if you get the air suspension which is a classic class exclusive um you can dial it way back to a more luxury setting but um otherwise other than that it's it's sporty there's all the meat with the potatoes for this edition of our motor week podcast number 100 michelle any parting words before we let you go well, are you going to invite me to uh, Podcast 200? You betcha. <laughs> Except we're going to make you actually come out to the podcast. Oh, okay. You can come out in your flying car. And there you go. Yeah, my flying car. <laughs> it sure was great having you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. And, and I wish you all the best uh, and you and your family uh, moving ahead. But just don't forget us here at Motor Week. I certainly won't. Bob, any parting shots? Words? <laughs> no, uh, it was a pleasure to be here. May we do 100-plus more of these and goes for Motor Week in general. Our thanks to our road test producer, Ben Davis, our assistant producer, Greg Carlos, our writer-producer, two-wheeling reporter, Brian Robinson, our writer, Patrick Lucas, and Bob Mixter, our podcast creator and our post-production editor. And, gee, you know, the, the, the bell is still here, folks. And on the phone our former PR manager and podcast producer, Michelle Parker. Also, audio engineering today, both Jim Bigwood and David Wainwright, who control all of the audio you hear on all forms of Motor Week. And again, our podcast creator, Bill, Bob Mixter. I see Bill, Bill's his brother. He's gotten quite and, a few uh, shout-outs on these 
podcast. He has. And podcast <laughs> producer today, Patrick Lucas. Thanks to all of you, and thanks to all of you out there listening to all of our Motor Week podcasts. And be sure to catch Motor Week, the television show, not only on your computer, but on public television stations everywhere and the Velocity Cable Channel. Till next time, I'm John Davis. For all of us at Motor Week, thanks for watching, listening, and just being there for Motor Week. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.